Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It is a delight to be with you today. I am so excited. And we're in the second week of Ordinary Time, but there's something extraordinary about the gospel and the gospel reaching our lives. I'm going to share with you the way that God has spoken to me. Wow, that's a pretty strong thing about a new water fast that I'm on. Yes, indeed. Started yesterday. And just a bunch of stories that show that God is the living God and he loves us and takes care of us. And I'm going to share that with you today on the program. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. All right, welcome back to the program. We're going to begin with uh, Sunday's first reading. It's from 1 Samuel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. The Lord called to Samuel, who answered him, Here I am. Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. I did not call you, Eli. I said, Go back to sleep. So he went back to sleep. Again, the Lord called Samuel, who rose and went to Eli. Here I am. He said, You called me. But Eli answered, I did not call you, my son. Go back to sleep. At that time, Samuel was not familiar with the Lord because the Lord had not revealed anything to him as yet. The Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Getting up and going to Eli, he said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the youth. So he said to Samuel, go to sleep. And if you're called, reply, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When Samuel went to sleep in his place, the Lord came and revealed his presence, calling out as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel grew up and the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, praise you, love you, and adore you for all of the blessings that you give to us in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, for the gift of mediators, heavenly mediators, as well as earthly mediators who speak your word to us. Lord, you choose to use these beautiful mediators to help us come into contact with blessings from you and to bring others whom we want to see blessed to you. Lord, I ask you to bless all those who are listening today that we would sense the call to be to be mediators, to, to share in that priesthood of all believers, Lord. And, uh, and you who are Christ the high priest, please intercede with us to the Father. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so much to say. Where do I even start? So, I will start with a very interesting conversation I had with my daughter, Mary Grace, who is in conversation with some fervent, some very devout uh, Christian leaders, and not Catholic, who are 
being very much drawn to the Catholic Church, but are trying to navigate their way through, you know, the variety of issues that will get in the way, right? Oftentimes it's doctrines, but sometimes it's it, it's not just like a it's a doctrine per se, but it's understanding the 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 meaning of the Catholic Church's teaching. So she ended up calling me on Sunday and asked about the priesthood, the sacramental priesthood, because Christians will often refer to First Peter that talks about you're a holy priesthood, We're referring to what the church would, uh, the Catholic Church would identify as the priesthood of all believers. And I had a chance to share with Mary Grace the idea that priesthood is about mediation. It's about being a go-between, that the work, the fundamental work of a priest, that which makes a priest a priest, is this bridge builder, this go-between, this mediator uh, uh, role that is the priestly role. And, well, who is the priest mediating the, the, between? Well, between God and his people. And so the the, the priest as mediator, as go-between, is bringing people to God and bringing God to people. We often think of the priest in his essential function at Mass, and the answer is yes, but stop and tease out what is the priest doing at Mass. Well, he's sharing in the priesthood of Jesus Christ, the great high priest, who is the principal agent, the principal actor at Mass, and Jesus is functioning as the go-between as the mediator. And you can see in the sacrificial aspect of the mass, the priest, uh, the, the holy sacrifice of the mass, what it takes to be a mediator. It takes your whole life. You're offering a sacrifice as a means of taking down a wall of separation, removing a blockage so that the people of God can come back and access God. And through this very act of sacrifice, it becomes the way in which God pours forth his life into his people. And so Jesus, as the great high priest, is the great mediator, the one mediator between the Father and the world. Well, the one mediator between the Father and the body of Christ, the church, is Jesus, Jesus Christ, the great high priest. And so in our lives, I was saying to Mary Grace, I said, look at the scriptures and look at your own life. And I was, I was saying this to bring this to these Christian pastors and, and pastoral leaders. Isn't your life filled with priestly activity, the activity of being a go-between? And uh, I was saying, look, how many times, look at the role of the prophets in the Old Testament. They're the mouthpiece of God. They're the ones who are uh, communing with the Lord. And then out of that communing, communing with the Lord, a word comes forth that is for others. And so the prophets will bring this word from God to particular individuals, you know, the, the king or, or maybe other prophets or, or priests even uh, in, in the Old Testament. Um, but in, uh, in the reading at, uh, at Mass yesterday, it was what? Samuel. Samuel was used by God to bring a message to Saul. And in fact, that was what it said at the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the first reading at mass on Monday, it was Samuel said to Saul, stop, let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And uh, it was what the Lord said to me last night was for you 
It was about you. It was for you that the Lord spoke to me. And if you look at the reading on Sunday, that first reading on Sunday, it was Samuel grew up and the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect. Well, why was that the case? Well, because the words that Samuel spoke were a fruit of, flowed from his communing with the Lord, his God. And that was the, if you will, that sort of the fundamental lesson of First Samuel chapter 3, the, the story of Samuel in the temple. Here he is, and the Lord calls to Samuel, calls him by name. And what does Samuel think? He thinks that it is Eli. He thinks it's the priest, which I love that. I love that because it's not just that, oh, the only voice that it could be is Eli. Yeah, I guess that's one meaning. But I think the other meaning is there was something about that voice that resonated, that connected to Samuel's sense of God speaking, that somehow he was accustomed to getting whatever, some of whatever it was he was experiencing in that messaging that was saying to him, Samuel, that he had heard that voice. There was the echo of God's voice in Eli's voice. It was because God had been working through Eli, the priest. Eli was a mediator of God's voice to Samuel in his life that when God spoke to Samuel directly, he was still sensing it was Eli. And what does Eli end up saying? Oh, no. You're, here, I understand the Lord was calling to you directly. The Lord's not just going to speak to you through me. The Lord's going to speak to you directly. So if you sense the voice of God speaking to you directly, then say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Okay. Now, that sense of mediation, that sense of being a go-between, is something that had bubbled up in my life for a whole different other reason. And it was what Carrie and I talked about last Friday. So Carrie and I last Friday talked about this sense of what's God doing in 2024. Well, there, there's something new that God is doing. There's something new that God is doing. And we think that that somehow coming into that new, coming into contact with that new, being able to receive that new means removing some blockages. It means being open and available to receive from God directly and through mediators, but somehow removing those blockages was connected to fasting. And you, you might remember this, Carrie and I both were saying, we feel this call to fast. And I have been begging God, begging the Lord for the gift of doing another water fast. Like, Lord, why are you holding back from me? <laughs> Lord, I want this grace. I, I want to do more penance. I want to do a water fast, not for uh, any like outward reason other than I don't want to live a life that is less than all in for God. And I had experienced such incredible benefits and graces and blessings from doing that 21-day water fast last summer. And I'm like, Lord, I want in on that. I want to recover that. I want that again. Please, Lord, will you, will you give me that grace? Like, I don't enjoy fasting. I don't enjoy it. It's not fun, right? It's not easy. But I, I know that there's 
there, there's a blessing. There's, there's like a, a storehouse of blessings that, that are there. And, and so Carrie and I talked about it. Uh, and we were like, you know what? On Sunday, we said, let's do this. Let's go. Monday, we're starting. And so on Sunday, we prayed and talked and discussed and said, we're going to do this. Uh, and we're going to do this. And so um, yesterday was day one of my water fast. So please pray for me because I, I want this to be something that continues because I not only have I done that 21 day water fast one time, I have failed to do it two other times. <laughs> the second time, I think I only lasted seven days. And the third time, I think I lasted three days. So there's a sort of a downward trend there. 2173. Hey, wait a minute. Does that mean I'm only going to make it one? <laughs> no. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping for a recovery of the 21 days. And what dawned on me, what dawned on me was, all right, Lord, if I'm going to accomplish this, I need to hear from you, Lord. I need some heavenly accompaniment and some earthly accompaniment. I need some mediators. I need some saints in heaven. And I would love to have some accompaniment on earth in fighting the spiritual battle of doing this fast. And so it has, I, I mean, I've just got some like, are you kidding me stories already just from day one? Okay. Really, like God, I mean, come on, you're so cool, God, right? So the the first simple one, this is the first easy one, was that I said, Carrie, if I'm going to do this, I must, there's a must here, an imperative, get to daily mass. I must be focused in on the truth that Jesus is the bread that comes from heaven, that Man does not live on bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. That those who have fasted and have lived a whole life of a sort of, let's call it a water fast for, for, for even years and years, they, they found sustenance in the Eucharist. And that was something that I experienced the last time I, I did that. And I was like, I have to do this. I must. So... Uh, we made sure, got things scheduled. We can make it 5.30 Mass on Monday. Well, what are the readings for Mass on Monday? <laughs> the first was that Samuel was the mediator of a word to Eli. I'm like, wow, okay. So there can be human mediators of a word from you, Lord. And so I don't just have to rely on heavenly uh, mediators, but also human mediators. And so, Lord, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be doing that. And, and what was the point? The point was uh, the, the point of the, the first reading yesterday was what it was. I want obedience, not sacrifice. Obey my word, take in my word and obey me. And I, I, I've got stories around that. You're going to love it after the break. But the second one was what, what was the, what was the gospel? from uh, from yesterday. The gospel from yesterday was fasting. I'm like, are you kidding me, Lord? Really? I mean, how many days in the course of the liturgical year do you have a gospel 
where Jesus is talking about fasting. And it was, why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast and your disciples don't? Jesus said, can the wedding feast guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they can't fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. And then it was, no one saves a piece of uh, unshrunken cloth on an old cloth. If he does so, it pulls away. But new and from the old, a tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. New wine will burst the skins. So we need new wineskins. And that was precisely the message that God has been giving me for this fasting. God's doing something new. It's really more from Carrie. God's doing something new. And this is going to be a new wineskin. So the new wineskin that the Lord is giving to me for the new wine that he has for me as I enter 2024 is going to come through fasting because the bridegroom has been taken away from me. And so I'm going to fast. I'm like, wow. So Lord, if, if you're giving me a confirmation, you're giving me a beautiful confirmation that this is what you intend for me for right now. You're going to give me the grace I need to be able to enter into these days of fasting. But there's more. And the more is how God answered another prayer of mine. What was that prayer and how did he answer it? I'll tell you in a minute on Sound Insight. So please stay tuned. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Dr. Tom Curran, and I'm sharing with you my journey as a disciple, trying to follow the Lord, live the gospel, manifest, radiate that gospel. It's, it's the call we all have in our lives. It's the call we're called to do, right? It, to be salt, light, and leaven in this world. It's the early days and now early couple weeks into ordinary time. And my principal theme has been that there is nothing ordinary about the gospel, but there is nothing ordinary about living a Catholic Christian life as a disciple, but there's something extraordinary. And the Lord wants something extraordinary for your life and mine right now. And I, I've shared with you, and I think you, I mean, I hope you have the same sense that it really does take a heroic effort. Let's call it an extraordinary effort simply to live a faith-filled, ordinary Catholic life. It takes an ordinary, uh, an extraordinary effort. And I've highlighted maybe the extraordinary effort it takes from families, from couples to raise Catholic Christian disciples of Jesus in this moment in history. But it, it's it's more, it's for all of us in our own way as the, the culture of death becomes ever stronger and more toxic and in, invasive in the lives of, of, uh, of all of us. And so the necessity to stand and fight and battle with the weapons that come from God, the weapons that come from God. And that includes fasting. Fasting is the weapon of the powerless. Fasting is the weapon of the powerless. 
And in fasting, we open ourselves to graces that come from God. Fasting has a great power to remove blockages. Fasting has a great power to open our minds to receive new light and insight into God's call for our lives. So let me focus in on the specific thing I was mentioning just before the break, and that is that yesterday morning when I got up and I take my prayer time in the morning, it got cut short. It got cut short. And so unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to spend a lot of time reflecting on the meaning of this uh, of this water fast. Uh, and so what I mean is this, is that you, you, can, you can have the idea of a water fast be about an intercessory purpose. Like I'm fasting for the sake of others. You can also fast for the sake of redemptive suffering, right? So I, I'm fasting for the sake of... Uh, undergoing suffering so for the salvation of others. Uh, but then there's also so, uh, fasting that is part of spiritual disciplines for growth and holiness, right? So all of those are, are rich, powerful meanings of fasting. And I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I, I want to understand what is the meaning of this fast. And Carrie had said to me, and you, you heard her on Friday, we, we had done this, like, what's your word for 2024? And I said, I didn't like my word, which was integrity. Not that I don't like integrity, but I'm like, well, what does that have to do with what I need right now? I don't really see it until Sunday. And I heard the second reading. I'm like, wow, Lord, you are so cool. <laughs> I didn't say so cool, but Lord, you're so amazing. And the, what was the second reading about? So the second reading on Sunday was, brothers and sisters, the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord. The Lord is for the body. God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Whoever is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Avoid immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside his body, but the immoral person sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? and that you are not your own, for you have been purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And it was, it, it's not that I'm thinking, oh, I'm, you know, I'm committing this, these great sins of gluttony, and therefore I need to fast, um, or other like sins uh, of the body, but more that, that what jumped off the page or jumped out at me uh, at mass was, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Glorify God in your body. And that really struck me because I've always shied away from the idea that I'm fasting in order to lose weight because it always struck me as just too much of a human purpose and could easily become an idol. And this time it feels differently. It feels like fasting as a means of getting fit is, 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 can also, can also be woven into a godly purpose to say, I want to honor the temple of the Holy Spirit that God has given to me. And I want God to be glorified in my body by being more fit. And so I'm like, wow, all right. That, that's an advance. That's a, but it was also, again, a beautiful confirmation of the Lord saying to me, yeah, yeah, Tom, fasting, I'm giving you grace. I'm giving you grace. I'm giving you the, the strength you need to do this. And remember now, just the, 
the, the section of the catechism on prayer, there's a section called the battle of prayer. And that section begins with this idea that prayer is both a gift of grace and requires a determined effort. Did you get that? Prayer is both a gift of grace and requires a determined effort. Take out the word prayer and, and use a spiritual discipline like fasting. Prayer, uh, fasting, is both a gift of grace and requires a determined effort, a serious effort, a focused effort. And I'm like, okay. All right, so not only do I need to beg the Lord for the grace of fasting, but I need to be willing to work really hard to put in the determined effort. I'm going to pause here for just a second and say, you might be thinking, Tom's talking a lot about a water fast. I'm never going to do a water fast. What does this have to do with me? I hope that you sense and see that you can take out the concept of fasting in, in a way that's continuous, and you can put in any form of self-denial, of penance. It might be eating more simply. It might be uh, choosing less comfortable paths in your life. It might be offer up some other act of self-denial, uh, getting off of your screen, uh, you know, watching less uh, videos. Uh, it might be uh, taking more time in prayer, making a determined effort to pray more, right? All of those things that are connected to our life of discipleship, take and insert that where I'm talking about fasting, okay? With that said, what struck me about this scripture of the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, glorify God in your body, that for me also struck a chord with the concept of integrity. Integrity means wholeness. Right? It means there's, there's a sense of congruency between what I say and how I live. So all of a sudden now, this fasting can be about having bodily integrity, the integrity of how I live in relationship to food with my body. All right, I love that. So there's something about that. But then all of a sudden there was this dawning, this dawning in my mind about congruency or wholeness between the life I do at the service of the Lord and the church and believers, like this radio program, giving talks, meeting and praying with people, and the work I do to support my family, which right now is real estate work, helping buyers and sellers. But what has emerged more fully in just the past month or so is the way in which the congruency, the, the, the congruity, the, the, the sense of integrity or wholeness that can in fact happen if I'm willing to ask for the grace and have a determined effort between the work I'm doing in real estate and my work in ministry. I see that regularly when I'm helping folks who are trying to sell or buy a home for reasons of faith or who have connected with me because of faith, right? They hear about the fact that I, I serve families in real estate on, on Sound Insight 
uh, on this program. Uh, you know, I'm a sponsor for my own program. They hear that. And so it's when they reach out to me, it becomes a beautiful thing that I'm able to pray with folks and bring up conversations that are connected to, do you sense that, do you feel like this is forcing it? Or do you feel like God is opening a door here and you're supposed to press through? So I can introduce that, that dimension in, in a clearer way. And I'm excited to see that it, it that there, there's something on the horizon that is emerging and I'm hoping and praying that it does. And, and, and I'm feeling like, oh, this fasting is about cleansing and protecting and nurturing and opening the door for this new initiative that will enhance the integrity of my work as an agent connecting to people who have families who are striving to flourish, especially connected to faith purposes. That, that sounds rather vague. It'll get clear, <laughs> hopefully in the next couple of weeks, to share it with you. But all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, integrity can be connected to the integrity of my life, where I don't want my life to be wasted on things that will die with history. I want my treasure to be stored up in heaven. I want my pursuits to be connected to helping families flourish, not just here in an earthly way, but connected to their ultimate goal for their life in heaven. And so that, that was clearer to me on Sunday, moving into Monday. But as I mentioned, I didn't get enough of a chance Monday morning to, to be able to pray. And I said, Lord, Lord, I really need more time to set apart to hear from you about the purpose of this fast. And Lord, I, I just need some help. So come through to the end of my day. It's after dinner time. I didn't eat, but it was after it was like 7:30 at night. And I got a text message from someone on the East Coast who said, Tom, I I have something important to share with you about this priest colleague of mine that I've known for 33 years, 30 something years. Um, do you have time to talk? And I'm like, wow, that's a, that's kind of dramatic. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give her a call. I call her, uh, I called her up and uh, she shared with me um, about this, this priest who has been an amazing evangelist and has been pouring his life out for the work of evangelization, principally in the United States, but even beyond, laboring in the vineyard, in his priestly ministry, but in his preaching, his prophetic and equipping teaching of Catholics uh, for, again, for decades. And he has, uh, he has stage four cancer. And it is, uh, it, it's something that he is keeping very discreet. He's not wanting to have lots of folks know about that. He wants to, but he is asking for prayer. And she called me to tell me this. And I'm thinking, wow, Lord, what are my prayers has been? Why am I doing this fast? The other times I've done these fasts, I have put pictures of people uh, on my phone so that I would just look at the phone and I would know who I'm praying for or, or who I'm fasting for. So if I'm ever tempted 
to like, okay, this is hard right now. Just look at the pictures and that'll motivate me. It'll move me to stay the course. I'm, I'm undergoing this for this person. And so, you know, we'll, before the end of the program, we'll pray for this priest for healing. And in fact, she said that he was asking for prayers through Father Isaac Hecker. Father Isaac Hecker is the founder of the Paulist Fathers and a great evangelist in the 19th century. And his hope was that his cure would rise to the level of the miraculous, rise to that level such that he could become a reason for that, you know, one of the miracles needed for the advancing of the cause of canonization of Father Isaac Hecker. And I thought, wow, that would be so fitting because of his love for Father Isaac Hecker and his spreading the amazing story of his uh, the zeal, Father Isaac Hecker's zeal and, and his dedication to evangelization and the founding of the Paulist Fathers. And so uh, I'm like, wow, for sure, that's amazing. And all of a sudden now, this theme of mediation is bubbling back up to the surface again, because we've got mediation now where calling upon uh, Father Isaac Hecker for mediation and me joining in as a human mediator of God's good things for this priest as a reason for my fast. So I, I, I was just blown away. I was blown away because I, I was literally just saying to the Lord, I need to take some time and pray right now so I get more clarity about what it is I'm supposed to be fasting for and to have a sense of heavenly mediators who are supposed to be joining me and the human things that I'm supposed to be attending to in this fast. And then I literally got a text and I'm like, do I have time for this conversation right now? And I, I do I really, do I have time for this? Cause I know it's going to be a long conversation. I know this woman <laughs> and I'm like, I'm supposed to call her. And so I called her and we spoke, we spoke for about an hour, but part of it was around this priest and this situation. The rest of what it was for was even more mind boggling or blew me away because of the messages that she spoke that were amazingly connected to my fast. How was that the case? Well, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. I'm up against a break. This is Tom Karn back in a minute with more Sun Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. It's great to be with you. So buckle up. Here's here's more of the story. I don't know if I'll be able to get through the rest of the story in this segment, but more of the story. Talking with this woman who had texted me and said, I need to tell you about this priest um, that we both know. And, uh, and this whole theme of mediation and intercession. One of the things that he asked her, he said, they always talk. And believe it or not, they always talk today. Do you know why they, I mean, yesterday when she called me, the reason why they talk yesterday is that it's both of their birthdays. They both have this, they have the same birthday. And so both of these colleagues that I've known because of my work in evangelization from, again, over 30 years ago, they share the same birthday. And so they would, they just made it a custom to connect on their birthdays and to check in with each other. And he would ask her, how's Tom doing? How's Carrie doing? How are their kids doing? And he specifically asked about 
my daughter who has had medical challenges and he's been praying for her for over 30 years. No, no, sorry, not over 30 years because she's only <laughs> in her, she's like 20 years old. So uh, for 20 years, he's been praying for her and he still prays for her and offers up his sufferings, not just for her, but also for her. It just blew me away. The, the reality of mediation, how God uses our sicknesses, sufferings, difficulties, trials, challenges, tribulations, our, our acts of penance and self-denial. He uses these things as a conduit of blessing, bringing, whereby we bring people to the Lord and the Lord brings blessings to us. And that just blew me away. But then it got even more. She said to me, how's your head? She said, I've been praying intently for you every day since we spoke, but it was just over a year ago because of the concussion that I had had. And she was like, I am going to just pray and, and offer up sufferings for you. You're, you're on the list. You're part of the part of the list. And that just blew me away as well. Well, what came of this was, oh, Lord, I've been wondering, why am I supposed to be fasting? For what purposes am I fasting? All of a sudden, God's giving them to me. I'm fasting for this priest. For this priest, that, that there would be a spiritual breakthrough, that he would be healed, that God would be glorified, and, and uh, the kingdom would be manifest in this priest's life. And I would be part of that great work that God is doing through my fasting. The second was integrity. Integrity, bodily integrity. I thought I knew what that meant yesterday, but I feel like I've got a more of an insight now that the Lord is saying, I've got bodily integrity for your head because I'm not yet completely healed of the impact of my concussion that I had a year. I got a year in it almost two years ago. And there's still layers of uh, impact on my life. And she's like, ah, I'm going to, I'm just going to continue to pray and to offer up my uh, sufferings for you for this. Now you don't know what that means when we talk about her sufferings. So she suffers from a couple of uh, uh, immune compromised conditions that leave her in a debilitated state. Okay, remember when I said that the Lord through Samuel corrected Saul because he wouldn't obey, but instead offered sacrifice and the Lord prefers obedience? She said, before we even talked about this, she said, yeah, it was about a year ago, the Lord said to me, she was a daily mass goer, but because of the sickness and the debilitating effects of this condition, she was missing daily mass. And the Lord said, you need to get to daily mass. You need to receive me in the Eucharist every day. And so she said, yes, sir. <laughs> in her own beautiful, sweet way of saying it. Yes, sir. You know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, right? The Lord wants obedience and not sacrifice. Okay. So for her to make it to the eight o'clock mass, she has to wake up at five. 
You want me to say that again? For her to be able to physically prepare herself to be able to get out of bed and get herself physically capable and to be able to make it to her car, to be able to make it to the church, to be able to make it from the car to the church, it's a three-hour process every day. And she does it. And without going into the details, she lets me know that this is not an easy or pleasant process. It involves real suffering. But that she undergoes it every day out of the Lord's command, but undergoes it every day for the sake of others. It's, it's the work of a mediator. It's a priestly work. It's a work of offering up her sufferings for the sake of others. And for the sake of me. Wow. Oh my goodness. That is, again, it just was so humbling to receive that. Well, we're not done yet. So she also said, I've been offering it up for your daughter who has been struggling in the last several years, right? We've talked about the trials and the testing that Carrie and I have undergone walking with our daughter who's experienced rebellion and mental illness and, and a number of, uh, you know, forms and varieties and, and how desperate and powerless that made us and how God used that to be such an incredible gift to us. She said, I've also been praying to, I've also been praying for her every day and offering up sufferings for her, but I've been also calling upon the intercession of a woman named Emily West. And it's Christopher West's sister. Um, Emily West is a woman who died four years ago, and she lived a life that involved a tremendous amount of suffering and trials and difficulties, and uh, had a saintly reputation um, that was mostly unknown, except to uh, priests who were her confidant, who would say, this woman is like a living saint, what she underwent and how she underwent it gracefully and what she did to offer up her sufferings for others. Well, now as a heavenly intercessor, this woman that called me, uh, that reached out to me and I talked to last night was saying, I call upon her so often with regards to situations like your daughter's. And so I'm really going to encourage you to involve her in your prayers for your daughter. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And this is before she even knows I'm doing the fast. And I've been, I was specifically saying to the Lord, Lord, who are the saints? Who are the heavenly mediators that are supposed to accompany me in this time of fasting? Who are they, Lord? Please, I need to know. I'm in day one and I'm getting close to the end of my day. <laughs> She's like, here, Emily West. I'm like, all right. Let's go. So I did a quick look. I looked her up as we were talking about her online. The day she died, the actual day of her death, was the same day of the year, the same day on the calendar that my dad died. About three and a half, about three months ago on September 29th. And I'm like, wow. If I'm looking, you know, you might look at that and say, oh, that's a coincidence. I look at that and I say, oh, that's a God 
winking and saying, I'm giving, you, I'm giving you enough insight to know that this is from me, that I'm introducing you to a heavenly intercessor that's going to accompany you in the course of your fast. She's going to be interceding for you, but also she's going to be interceding for your intentions. And so I gained another intention to pray for, which was praying for this daughter of mine in a very explicit way. And so, wow, Lord, you're so amazing how you answer prayers. But I'm not done. More in a minute. Come back to the program. So this is Tom Kern. I'm sharing with you a really beautiful way that God answered my prayer, the cry of my heart yesterday when I'm launching into this uh, this period of fasting and I'm saying, Lord, I, I need more clarity. Lord, I need more insight. Please, Lord, help me know who it is I'm supposed to call upon from heaven to accompany me with their beautiful heavenly intercession during the course of this fast. And Lord, give me also clarity around the purpose, the meaning, the 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 missionary quality that you've assigned to this fast. And I felt like I stumbled a little bit into that, just a little bit in terms of saying, oh, this is what it's for. This is who it's for. This is why I'm doing it. And um, what, I, um, what I realized was that I, I needed to set aside more time for the Lord during the course of the day to be able to do that. But I was having a hard time. <laughs> and then I got this text message that led to this phone call. Okay, wow. God, you're, you're unexpected, unlooked for. God gave it to me. So another one. All right. It was her birthday, the woman who contacted me. It wasn't just the priest's birthday, but it was her birthday. And so she was reaching out to me to say, hey, this priest we know has prostate cancer in stage four. Please pray for him. But I'm like, well, what can I pray for you for? And she talked about a bit of her family situation, but a book that she's writing, that she's had all of these blockages and feels this impetus, again, this impulse, this 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 divine must, this this imperative to finish the book. But she just lacks so much strength. And so I said, oh, the Lord had you call me right now you thought so that we could pray for this priest. You had no idea that I was starting this fast and I had just said to the Lord, why am I doing this? For whom am I doing this? What are the intentions, Lord? And you're one of them. I'm going to be fasting for you. You who have been offering up sacrifices and suffering for me every single day in a very humbling way. You know what? I'm in. I'm in. I'm praying for you for a birthday gift for God's shocking generosity upon your uh, book writing, that it would be finished and that it would be a, a huge blessing to so many others. And so, um, so I'm like, wow, look at what God does. Look at how the Lord answers prayers in ways that we don't expect in ways that we couldn't have figured out or forecasted on our own. But if we're open to them, the Lord will, he'll get us the insight 
that we need. He'll, he'll get us the message that we need so that uh, the, the fast isn't going to be somehow glorifying to, to man or simply be of earthly purposes, but would be a fast that has integrity. Integrity. So, wow, Lord, praying for the temple of the Holy Spirit, honor and glorify God in your body. I'm like, wow, the, the people that I'm praying for all have some bodily issue. It might be, um, you know, it might be chemical imbalances in the brain or mental illnesses. It might be cancer in the prostate. It might be these immune diseases that are impacting the life energy of this woman. It might be my own head or being fit. Wow, Lord, you're giving me through your word on Sunday, confirming on Monday at mass, confirming then in the most powerful, beautiful way at uh, on Monday evening when I literally am sitting down, open my computer, typing out my notes. What am I going to talk about on the radio on Tuesday? And I got the text message and I made the phone call. We spoke for an hour and I'm like, holy cow, not only do I have the answer to my prayer about what I'm launching into, but the Lord just gave me a radio program that was different than the one I had planned. <laughs> I had one plan. My plan was to talk about St. John of the Cross and the Ascent to Mount Carmel and the Dark Night of the Soul, some insights. You remember, if you listened on Friday, no, sorry, last Thursday, and then yesterday about the power of reading and handing on to others the insights that you've received, it's the same mediation work, but it's happening differently. The Lord, I wasn't going to talk about this. I wasn't intending to talk about launching into a water fast. And honestly, the reason why was the last two times I did it, I failed. And that's really, I, from my own human standpoint, I failed. So I felt like, I let me just kind of keep it more discreet. Let me press in. And maybe when I'm on day 10 or 12, then I'll bring it up. <laughs> Instead, okay, the Lord gave me enough of a sign and a signal to say, I'm just going to bring this out to the open and I'm going to, uh, I'm going, I'm going for it. I'm going with it for the sake of integrity. So the last heavenly intercessor I, I'll share about in the last couple of minutes is St. Joseph of Leonisa. I've never heard of him either. St. Joseph of Leonisa. He is the, uh, the saint whose feast day is February 4th. Well, why is that a big deal? Well, that's day 21. Day 21 of my water fast, the day it would end, is Sunday, February 4th. That's 21 days. And I'm like, oh, well, let me look and see the end day and see if there's any insight there that this one would be uh, a an intercessor that has some connection to what I'm doing. Well, I go to my go-to calendar of saints, which is on franciscanmedia.org. And it tells a little bit about St. Joseph of Leonisa. And he joined the Capuchins in 1573. 
And it says, avoiding the safe compromises by which people sometimes undercut the gospel, Joseph denied himself hearty meals and comfortable quarters as he prepared for ordination and a life of preaching. And talks about his ministry. He cared for Christian galley slaves. Uh, he was imprisoned. Uh, he was warned not to continue this work, but he did it and was again imprisoned, condemned to death, but he was miraculously freed. And then he returned to his home in Italy and preached to the poor and reconciled feuding families, as well as warring cities, which had been at odds for years. Wow. Okay, there's stuff there that I'm going to reflect on and pray about and say, St. Joseph of Leonisa, pray for me. Pray, be a heavenly intercessor for me so that I can deny myself hearty meals and comfortable quarters as I prepare and try to live a life of integral preaching, preaching with integrity, right? And so he did it as a, as, a, as a work of preparation. The Lord's preparing me for something next, and I, and I want to be ready for it. And that fast is connected to that. Okay, St. Joseph, you lived this. Now from heaven, pray for me so that I can live it too. See, that's, that's the beautiful way in which the Lord connects us, right? He connects his people. And, and that's something that I, I don't want you to miss out on. I don't want you to miss out on the way in which the Lord is, in fact, bringing us together for the sake of the body, for the sake of the world in the moment that we've been planted. All right, I just, I just have about a minute and a half left. I'm going to pray for this priest with stage four prostate cancer. Please join him with me praying for him. Let's be those great intercessors, those great mediators. Will we pray for him? And so we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, thank you and praise you for the gift of that phone call yesterday. And Lord, for bringing me into contact with the situation of this well-loved priest uh, with prostate cancer. Lord, I pray through the intercession of Saint, uh, Saint Isaac Hecker. Not Saint, no, so Father Isaac Hecker. I pray through his intercession for a miracle, for a sign and a wonder here, Lord. Lord, I pray that you, the divine physician, through that beautiful, sweet, powerful intercession, would bring about a miracle, a miracle that would lead to the canonization, Lord, of uh, Father Isaac Hecker, as well as for the restoration of this zealous, holy priest evangelist who has labored in the vineyard. Lord, I pray that this entire situation would be surrounded by your mercy and your grace to give him the grace to undergo this trial, this suffering, with, uh, with a sense of peace, with a sense of hope and looking to you, Lord, for what it is you're doing through this. Lord, stir in our hearts the graces we need to follow you in a life of integrity, whether it's fasting or praying, acts of self-denial, or whatever it is, Lord, you're calling us to. Help us to live lives of integrity. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow.